Who was this woman? The Bible does not say, but the rabbis of the Talmud and Midrash suggest that we have here an appearance of a woman who lived miraculously and was hundreds of years old. She is perhaps the most fascinating woman in Midrashic literature, and she is the patriarch Jacob's granddaughter, Sarah, daughter of Asher. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 97, The Wise Woman of the North. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. The relatively few surviving members of the once vibrant Jewish community from the Eastern European city of Brest, known in Yiddish as Brisk, gathered together in Israel to mark 30 years since their parents and the other Jews of that city were annihilated by the Nazis. The speaker at this memorial gathering was a child of Brisk and was then leader of the opposition in the Knesset, Menachem Begin. I cite the beginning of Begin's speech from the translation in Mosaic by Neil Rogachevsky and Michael Weiner with a few slight modifications. Begin said, Shrouded by the awe of the day, by the purity of the holy ones and the holiness of the pure ones, and the love of its lovers, the city of our birth appears before my eyes the city of our youth in which we were born and bred, learned and suffered, and dreamed the dreams of our youth, about its streets and its alleys, about its sands in summer and its swamps in winter, about its gardens and its two rivers, about its Jews and its Gentiles, about the love that dwelt there and the trauma inflicted on its Jews, about all the good that was there and all that was the opposite, the city of our birth. Many Jews lived there, and Gentiles too. And the Jews had the custom of calling such a city a city and mother in Israel. The city was brisk, not one of the largest cities in the world, but perhaps it was a mother, or a foster mother, to its Jews. A city and a mother in Israel. Yir va'em bi Israel. Begin's description of his hometown is particularly important to me because his roots are my roots. The spiritual leaders of brisk were always famous rabbis, and for the last century until the war, those rabbis were members of the Soloveitchik family. Speaking to survivors of brisk in 1972, Begin described the pride they shared in Brisk's history of rabbinic scholarship. Who among us, Begin asked, did not see himself as a kind of partner of Rav Yashaber or Rav Chaimke, as if we were at one with them all the days of our lives? These are the Yiddish nicknames for my great-great-great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather, Rabbi Yosef Dov Soloveitchik and Rabbi Chaim Soloveitchik. Begin was forever grateful that he was raised in that Jewish community, or as he put it, quote, such was the youth that I knew, I have never found any better in any other place because better than them does not exist, end quote. Thus, to me, the questions that occur are personal. What is this phrase that Begin uses to describe brisk, ir va'em bi Yisrael, a city and mother in Israel? What is its linguistic origin? What does it tell us about remembering our past? And how might it guide us when the communities that comprise the Jewish past are destroyed? The answer, perhaps, lies in the next chapter of the book of Samuel and the story of a wise woman who, for the rabbis of the Medrash, was actually one of the most interesting people in Jewish history. After Yoav kills the rebellious Avshalom in defiance of David's order, Yoav rebukes the king for mourning his rebellious son rather than supporting his own troops that fought on his behalf. Upon returning to Jerusalem as part of an attempt at unity, David offers Amasa, the general of Avshalom's army, to replace Yoav. Does David do this because of Yoav's insubordination? or? Are these moments only the last straw and David is still upset about Yoav's killing of Avner, the general of the house of Saul, which hurt David's original attempt at unity? On this we can speculate. But soon after, another revolt breaks out. 
led by a Benjaminite named Sheva ben Bichri. David orders his new general, Amasa, to defeat the rebels, and Amasa seemingly lacks the alacrity and boldness of his predecessor, Yoav. Chapter 20, verse 5. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. David then orders Avishai son of Tzruya, Yoav's brother, to gather men and capture Sheva ben Bichri. This brings Yoav back into the picture. And when Yoav comes upon Amasa, the man who has replaced him, Yoav allows his sword to surreptitiously come into his hand, and then he kills Amasa. Verse 9. And Yoav said to Amasa, Art thou in health, my brother? And Yoav took Amasa by the beard with the right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Yoav's hand. So he smote him therewith in the fifth rib, and shed out his bowels to the ground, and struck him not again, and he died. So Yoav and Avishai his brother pursued after Sheva, the son of Bichri. Again, the text does not tell us the motivations of a central figure in the story. Was it, as both some Talmudic and modern explanations suggest, that Yoav saw Amasa's delay as a hint to his lack of loyalty? Or, as other commentators argue, was this Yoav's way of killing a man who had taken his job? Either way, David will again remember the killing of Amasa by Yoav as a grave wrong. Yoav and Avishai pursue Sheva all the way to the north and besiege a city called Avel Beit Macha. Amazingly, that site is being excavated right now, and so if you travel there, you could stand at the site where this story unfolded. Yoav prepares to destroy the city, and suddenly a mysterious figure emerges and calls out from the midst of the city itself. Verse 16, 17, and 19 through 22. Then cried a wise woman out of the city unto Yoav, Hear, hear, speak, I pray you. Come near hither, that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Yoav? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thy handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Yoav answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheva the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Yoav, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheva the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Yoav. And he blew a shofar, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. Here is our phrase. This wise woman says to Yoav, We will give you the rebel. Why would you destroy Ir Vaim Bi Yisrael, a city and a mother in Israel? As Rabbi Chaim Dover Binowitz explained, to speak of a site or a city as a city and a mother in Israel is to refer both to those that live there at the present and to those that are yet to be born there. The wise woman is saying that if Yoav needlessly destroys Avel Beit Macha, then he will be responsible not only for the Israelite lives in the present, but also for the future generations yet unborn. But who was this woman? The Bible does not say, but the rabbis of the Talmud and Midrash suggest that we have here an appearance of a woman who lived miraculously and was hundreds of years old. She is perhaps the most fascinating woman in Midrashic literature, and she is the patriarch Jacob's granddaughter, Sarach, daughter of Asher. In establishing this woman's miraculous longevity, the rabbis point to verses such as Numbers 26, 46, where the Bible lists the patriarchs of the families of each tribe. And then the text mentions one female figure. We are told, 
and the name of Asher's daughter was Serach. The reference here to Serach is striking, and on the face of it, strange. The Bible is listing the heads of families, all patriarchs. Why then does a daughter of Asher suddenly come up? The answer given by the Midrash was that the daughter of Asher who had lived in the time of Jacob was still alive in the time of Moses when Numbers is being written. And she was still alive centuries after that, for she was the wise woman of Avel Beit Macha. Why did Sarah live still? As the rabbis recount, when the sons of Jacob realized in Egypt that Joseph was still alive, they needed a way to inform their elderly father Jacob without shocking him. They therefore turned to Jacob's granddaughter, Asher's daughter Serach, who was wont to play the harp for her grandfather Jacob. And so, according to the Midrash, she sang in rhyme to her heartbroken grandfather, Yosef b'Mitzrayim, Nodulo al-Birkayim, Menashe v'Ephraim. In rhyme, she told him while playing her harp, Yosef is alive, and he has had children born to him in Egypt, Menashe and Ephraim. I love this typically Jewish theme to a story. Sarah tells her father, yes, not only is Joseph is alive, but he's given you grandchildren. Said Yaakov, according to the Midrash, The mouth of this woman who has informed me that Joseph still lives shall never taste death. For the rabbis in the Midrash and in the Talmud, Sarah appears at different critical points throughout Jewish history. Thus, the rabbis recount that when Moses arrived back in Egypt after meeting the Almighty at the burning bush and announced that he had been chosen to lead the redemption, the people of Israel turned to Sarah, the daughter of Asher, in order to verify Moses' story. And, the rabbis add, Sarah was able to do this because generations before, Joseph had told Sarah the very words that the Redeemer would say upon arrival, and she had remembered those words, waiting, waiting for the redemption yet to come. The rabbis further recount that, later, when the Exodus actually occurred and Moses sought the bones of Joseph to bear them out of Egypt, it was Sarah and only Sarah who truly remembered where Joseph had been buried, and it was she who told Moses. Whether you read these stories literally or literarily, what is clear is this. Sarah, the wise woman of the Midrash, is for the rabbis an embodiment of Jewish memory, and her immortality embodies the fact that memory is itself the medium of Jewish endurance. It is with this in mind that we can turn back to Begin's invocation of his community, my family's community, as an ir va'em bi Israel, a city and a mother in Israel. Jews spoke of brisk that way because the Jewish community there was associated with Torah scholarship and leadership, producing Jews of influence throughout the generations. But Begin's description of brisk after the Holocaust also adds a note of profound pain. For this site that was a city and a mother to Jews and countless other Jewish communities today no longer bring forth Jewish children. And this is so because the mothers and fathers and children within those communities were murdered. At the same time, it is the Midrashic description of Sarach that reminds us of how the medium of memory links us to the past and allows us to remain in communion with the past. If there was anyone who understood this, it was Begin. As I wrote in Mosaic once, I referred to Begin's worldview as covenantal Zionism, the belief that one cannot live as a Jew truly if one is not in communion with past and posterity. And it was Begin who understood that Jews that strive for independence must also make manifest a feeling of gratitude to those who had gone before for their hopes and their dreams 
for their own memories transmitted of the land of Israel and of Jerusalem, and that we are obligated as Jews to allow the past to live within us. We've mentioned before how in 1941, Begin found himself in the Soviet Lukishki prison. He recounts how he wondered, quote, where would my old father and mother be and my brother and sister? End quote. Then, Begin describes, suddenly in his cell, he was transported back to Brisk. Begin writes, quote, And as the brain had no answer, the fearful heart replied with prayer. As I recited the words, sanctified from generation to generation, as I prayed silently, I felt the impenetrable barriers that separated me and those I loved fall away. And Begin added, The cell vanished, the walls disappeared, and there appeared in all its splendor the great illuminated synagogue and my father's humble dwelling, lit up by love, purity, faith, and the eyes of a loving mother. Kol Nidre night in an NKVD prison, Yom Kippur in Lukishki. Even such a night can be a night of solace. Even such a day can be a day of identification with all that is good in man's life. Jewish memory can commune across space and time, and that is the source of Jewish endurance. I have visited the city of Brisk, the city of Menachem Begin, the city of the Soloveitchiks, and I will discuss that experience in another lecture. But it was striking to find there today a bust of Begin publicly on display. He is now one of the most famous men to have come from there. Begin himself could never have imagined such a situation. And he himself said, I will not return to Brisk, but Brisk will always go with me. That is what we owe, not only the Jews of Brisk, but those of so many other communities that were mothers in Israel, whose faith and love we must never forget. This is Mayor Salavechik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.